If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to join me in the book of Nehemiah. And while I give you time to figure out where that is, because we haven't probably often been in the book of Nehemiah, but it's one of the more interesting scriptures that speaks about the joy of the Lord. And I want us to talk about this morning what it means for joy being our source of strength. Nehemiah chapter 8 talks about this. Nehemiah was a man who was charged by God to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And he actually had an enormous task ahead of him, one that uh, was unenviable to be sure, because he was short on people and money. He was going to have to trust the Lord to supply both, and God did. The nation of Judah was a mess. They had been in exile for some time, and now they, having been decimated by their enemies, were being allowed to come back, and God was bringing them back. Why was God bringing them back after all this time? Well, There was a young boy who needed to be born in the nation of Judah in that region to save the world from their sins. His name is Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. He could have been born any old place, but the Old Testament had said that he would be born in a specific region. He would be the son of David and he would save the people from their sins. See, God's plan is never shaken. God's plan for us is never shaken, even when we feel like we've been taken and knocked off course or or knocked out of the place where we need to be, God's plan is never shaken. In the midst of a crummy existence, I want you to notice what Nehemiah said to a group of people. Now, chapter eight describes this group of people hearing from some people named the Levites. They're hearing from a man named Ezra. They hear from Nehemiah. And they opened the word of the Lord and they began reading it to them. And it's an interesting thing that happens because it says that the word had to be translated or interpreted for them. And it could be that so many of these people had grown up outside of their native homeland that they don't speak Hebrew anymore. It could be that it's having to be interpreted to them, meaning that it it has to be explained to them. Because they've not been living under the law of God but they needed to hear it. They needed to understand it. And that led to a very sad occasion. When you're confronted with what God's standard is for your life, it's often a sad occasion when you realize that your life doesn't match up with God's standard. But in the midst of that, I want you to see verse 10 from Ezra, I'm sorry, from Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. Then he said to them, Go and eat what is rich, drink what is sweet, and send portions to those who have nothing prepared, since today is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. When we talk about joy's beginnings, we have to understand that the beginning of anything that we have to do with joy actually starts outside of ourselves, doesn't it? It doesn't start, as Pastor Kurt just mentioned, because we did something. It doesn't start because we woke up this morning and decided to be happy. It doesn't start like that. It doesn't start because our circumstances are good. It starts because our joy comes from the Lord and his word. And sometimes knowing that means we actually have to go backwards before we can go forwards. I know that sounds funny, that we would have to go backwards before we can go forward, but think about it like this with me this morning. If you're bitter this morning, 
If you're in an unforgiving relationship, if you're harboring lust or, or anger or, or you're, you're dealing with disappointment with the Lord this morning, until we deal with that, we really can't go forward. It doesn't work. You can't go forward until you go back. You've got to go back and start dealing with that. Nehemiah had the law read to this group of people that were literally out of it spiritually. They were, they were so unaware, they didn't even know what God's word said. And in being unaware, they needed to go back. And when they heard this, this word, they, they, they kind of had this cloud of defeat roll in over top of them. Previous verses to this say that the people began to weep. Now, why would Nehemiah then say, don't weep? Well, they were instituting the law again, and they were about to go into a celebratory mode. And even being devastated, he tells them there's a time for this. And we know that from scripture, don't we? There's a time for every purpose under heaven. Some of you think that was a song written by the birds, but it actually came from the Bible. So to help you be a little more biblically literate this morning so that you're not out talking about how uh, the birds wrote, turn, 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 and it's this great passage that, they, it's from the scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter three. Can I just read you one verse that's really important from chapter three, verse four? There's a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. The, the scripture there goes on to say that everything is proper in its own time. And even though they had a lot to make right before the Lord, because there was a festival being declared, they were told not to spend their time in mourning, but in joy and let the Lord be their strength. Well, well why did they need the the Lord's joy to be their strength. Joy's beginning made them go back, but joy's strength was going to take them somewhere. The Bible speaks a lot about joy, and it speaks a lot about strength, doesn't it? But seldom do we see them intertwined so perfectly together. In fact, as I did a little word study on this, all of our English translations translate this the exact same. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. It, it all, it's all the same. In other words, they're saying that there's really no variation here for us to consider. And so it's a unique mix of these two words for us to consider. Oftentimes when we think about the strength of the Lord, we think about going through something difficult where we need God to come along and strengthen us. Maybe you think about the Philippians passage where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or you think about the Lord being your rock and your refuge, a strength, a very present uh, help in times of trouble. And all of that's good, but in this passage, it says it's our strength, but that strength comes from the Lord and it's joy. And we know that, but how often we easily forget. These folks needed the strength of joy to worship and celebrate the Lord. And we do too. Sometimes we come in and we're tired. Sometimes we come in and we're a little defeated. Sometimes we come in and it feels like there's a cloud of defeat hanging over us. We feel like the world's stacked up against us and it's hard to come in and sing, isn't it? It's hard to come in and, and feel like you wanna clap at the end of one of those songs and, and praise the Lord. But that's what the strength of joy does in our lives. As we talked about it this week in our staff meeting there was one important thing that emerged that I thought was great for us to consider this morning, and that is that joy in the Lord is the strength. 
Happiness in things is awesome. It, it's great when, when your team is winning in your bracket and it's great when you get an opportunity to go on vacation and everything's right at your house and, and your family's doing good and you're happy because of these things and your job's great. That is wonderful. And I hope that those things happen for you on a regular basis, but that's not the same thing as joy. Joy is something that comes from the Lord. And I don't know who coined this, but the idea that we understand joy as being an acrostic when we say Jesus, others, and then yourself, that sets the, the priority of joy for us. Joy's focused in the Lord, it's focused in others, and then it finds its way into our lives as well, and it transforms things. And joy is your strength, and it comes from the Lord because the joy of the Lord is our strength, the passage says. There's something amazing that takes place. It's kind of like this. I've been playing a lot of basketball with my son lately, and he's not in here, or we'd ask him this question. But if we were going to play two on two, and it was him versus one of his friends, and there were two other players, and I was one of them, and the other player was Shaquille O'Neal, and Hampton got to pick, who do you think he would pick? I'd hope he would pick me, stick with the family lines, but I know him too well. I know who he'd pick. And I have no, absolute, no way of beating Shaquille O'Neal. We're going to get throttled. Unless I shoot Shaq in the leg or something, you know? I mean, that's the only way. You're gonna have to take him out. Because his strength compared to mine is crazy unlimited in the basketball domain, isn't it? it, it, it it's not even close. I mean, the man can almost stand flat-footed and dunk. Well, we serve a God who offers to give us that, that strength and then some, right? It's, it's limitless. And he says that the joy of the Lord begins to be our strength. It's an amazing thing when that happens in a believer's life because it allows them to face whatever's in front of them and not be, you know, oblivious to that. I think that's one of the misconceptions about the joy of the Lord is that people believe that Christians who are living like this don't understand what's really going on in the world. That's not true at all. I read the news. Do you read the news? Do you understand what's going on in the world? Do you understand that we live in a dark place? But if we act like the darkness defeats us, there's no joy in us. The joy of the Lord is what allows us to have the strength we need to overcome these things and to face these things and live in victory. Joy has a beginning, it has a strength, but it has an outcome. And I think we often struggle to think about the outcome of something being good when we're in the middle of it and it's hard. That, that, that's, a, that's a discipline that we have to work through, isn't it? It's something that you have to mature into. And, and, and some of us learned it maybe as, as children or, or adolescents or, or a young people. And some of us are still trying to learn it. We have to be reminded of it over and over again. Because when we're faced with difficulties, and Nehemiah had a real difficulty on his hand. He had a group of people that he was supposed to help build the wall. He had a group of people that he was supposed to be shepherding with Ezra and the Levites and the, the priests. And these people had walked so far away from the Lord. I mean, they're a, const, they're a mess. This was not a job that anybody just signed up for and thought, well, this, this is gonna really build my resume. It was a difficult task. And yet, we see that he had the joy of the Lord and the outcome of it was God doing great things. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse two speaks about this. 
when it tells us to keep our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. When you think about what this says, it says that Jesus went through a difficult thing, understanding that there was something on the other side of it that was leading him to it. It was the joy that lay before him. Sometimes we have to go through the hard things to get to the joy. I find this to be particularly true when people are having children, right? One of my favorite conversations to have is with a woman who is pregnant in the last week of her pregnancy because she's miserable. If it's summer, she complains about her legs being swollen. If it's winter, she complains about not being able to feel her fingers and, and different, it's not always the, the most fun experience, right? But there's a reason that people keep having babies because there's something on the other side of that, isn't it? And, and oftentimes I, I, I've had the opportunity to be with people and, and they'll say things like, I'm never having any more kids. I'll tell you, this has just been so hard. And, and then you show up at the hospital and they're holding that baby and they're just so happy. And, and they start talking about, they can't wait to have another kid. I mean, it's, it, it's an amazing kind of elixir, isn't it? When you see that child. Because the joy that comes out of that is different than what you've gone through in the preparatory phase to get there. there. There's a payoff. The outcome is incredible on the other side of that. And Jesus went through so much knowing that there was a joy that was set before him. And maybe for you today, the message really is that the joy of the Lord needs to be your strength because in the situation that you're in, it's a difficult situation. It's a hard situation. It's a situation that's outside of your choosing. It's, it's something that just feels like the walls are pressing in on you. And, and the dreams that you thought were going to, to be fulfilled in your life are not being fulfilled in the way that you wanted them to be. That's frustrating. That's hard. It's disappointing. And it's 100% okay for us to admit that. Uh, I, I don't think that having the joy of the Lord as our strength means that, that we lie to ourselves about reality. It's okay to say, today is hard. Wow. I didn't see that coming. Hmm. But in the midst of this, I'm going to allow the joy of the Lord to strengthen me and help me walk through these days and shape how I think about these days going forward. If the joy of the Lord is our strength, it allows us to deal with things that are hard, even when we have to go back and deal with something like anger, unforgiveness, or sin that's in our lives and the Lord's convicting us of those things. And, but you see what happens is when you deal with that, you, you receive the joy of the Lord. It's a gift from God. One of the fruit of the Spirit, an evidence of the Holy Spirit's working in your life is that the joy of the Lord is there. Now, here's the challenge for some of us, okay? Some of us are naturally happy. Can we just do a little quick little poll if you're a naturally happy person, can you raise your hand so the rest of us can be envious? <laughs> Praise the Lord for all of you. God bless you. Y'all are the, the glass is half full all the time kind of people, aren't you? It's always getting better. It's always going forward. Now the rest of us, I'm in that, I'm in that group. I don't, I don't mind admitting it to you. I'm not so sure that I'm a pessimist, 
but a realist. That's how I like to think about it. (laughs) What does it mean for us to look at things and be appropriate in our joy, to allow the joy of the Lord to strengthen us? What allows us to have an overcoming strength because it's not a strength of ourselves. We, We didn't manufacture it. We didn't get it. But here's something that we have to do is we have to tap into it, right? It's a reservoir of strength over here. But for us to to try to do it on our own means that we're missing the joy of the Lord. For for us to try to act like we can handle it it is to miss this great reservoir of strength that God gives us when he says the joy of the Lord will be our strength to carry us through these days. I think a lot of times the reason that happens is because we're not looking at Jesus We're not looking at God, we're just looking around. We lose sight of what matters. We lose sight of how we're going to to shape these things in our lives and allow God to do that. And God says to us, you don't have to manufacture the strength, I've got it. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Let the Lord's joy envelop your life. You say, "I I don't even know what that would look like. Start by just asking God to make you joyful. Start by just asking God to let the Holy Spirit have power in your life that you will yield yourself to the Spirit's authority and let the joy of the Lord be present in your life so that it doesn't matter what you're facing today. It doesn't matter what we're gonna face tomorrow. It doesn't matter. We don't have to know any of that stuff. We know that the joy of the Lord is going to be our strength. I wanna ask you this morning, if you would, to really think about Joy's beginnings and joy's strength and the outcome of joy. The outcome of joy then is that we can face these things knowing that on the other side of it is something waiting for us. Do you remember we talked about our salvation being for so much more than just here and now? You understand that when you got saved, you got the down payment. That's what Ephesians says. The the down payment of things to come. What does that mean? That means that that the, the full payment is yet to come, isn't it? We're, we're gonna see that when our faith is made sight, when we're in heaven. So what we're experiencing now is, 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 is the song, a foretaste, a little taste of glory divine. But we're praising the Lord this morning that God is alive. We serve the risen Savior. Jesus has taken away our sins. And we have so much to be joyful about and if we, if we tap into the, the joy of the Lord, we're going to find our strength this morning. And we need that. So my prayer for us is that we'll understand that, this aspect of joy, it's gonna shape our life and our congregation in the next three months. Till we meet again for another Joy Sunday and celebrate all that God is doing because God is always up to something, isn't he? He's always up to something. He never sleeps. He never grows tired. He never runs out of ideas. He's always up to something. Let's let his joy envelop our lives today. I wanna ask you to pray with me if you would. Would you bow your heads? And we're just gonna take some time for directed prayer this morning. Could it be that your joy is being robbed by sin? And that sin just needs to be repented of and Right now, you could do that and and trust the Lord this morning. Maybe you felt defeated by sin. 
You're not trying to harbor it, but you've just felt defeated by it. You know what? If that sin is confessed, let the joy of the Lord be your strength to live in holiness. Would you ask the Lord for the joy that he promises this morning? Ask him to let that be made whole in your life today. Maybe today you're facing that dark cloud and difficult circumstance. Why don't you acknowledge that before the Lord this morning? It's okay to tell him it's hard. It's okay to tell him that it's a place you'd rather not be. But then thank him for his joy that's going to strengthen you. Father in heaven, you are so good to us. And we thank you for your joy. And we thank you that it's our strength. Father, I pray today that your joy would just start to envelop our church and that it will be evident to everyone, Lord, that as we think about what it means to be enjoying the Lord, that people would see the the joy of the Lord on the countenance of our face, in our attitudes with our daily interactions, with the words that come out of our mouths. And God, that you would strengthen us. For the one that's under the cloud of defeat this morning, Lord, would you lift up their head? Lord, would you strengthen them to know that your joy will change things? God, maybe today some of us need to go backwards before we can go forwards. Give us the strength to do it. And then let us feel the release and the joy of serving you and walking in holiness with you. God, it's a great day to be in your house. And we love you so much. We ask all of these things in the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen.